Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome into the 5 o'clock hour of Sports Talk. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak today. Also, Charlie Long running master control as we get ready for NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. And obviously a big Pelicans game tonight. Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns in town. Uh, anxious to see the court on television. Seeing some of the pictures on social media. It looks fantastic with the skelly, skeleton? Skeleton. 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 Like Pelican, but with a sk. Gotcha. At the front, yeah. I know it's the city edition colors. Yeah, and they got the hats. They're going to have the hats in right. the stands. I know my kiddo's going to the game tonight. I'm looking forward to that. I'll probably steal the hat from him. Yeah, I, I have two in my on my desk at home. Um, now I'm looking forward to it. You know, I, uh, kept, you know, it's it's funny because like I don't know what to make of this Pelicans team right now in the sense of like they're going to win a lot of games, but how good are they really? And and it's really tough. Like you're going to watch this game and they might win it by double digits. They might lose it by double digits. But at the end of the day. Playoff basketball is like a completely different game. So I just don't know how it's going to look by the time you get there. But uh, if they put Kevin Durant at the five like they have been doing um, to, to, to change things up, I think that's going to be interesting. But, you know, at, at least you can look at it and say, okay, as long as this team stays healthy, I think that they're going to be five seed, maybe a four seed, you know, which I can't remember the last time they were, uh, they were higher than, than that. I mean, uh, 20... 18 they were when they beat the Blazers I think they were a six seed because they upset the Blazers uh the the fighting CJ McCollum's and Damian <laughs> Lillard's uh that was when he did the whole I'm trying Jennifer uh tweet which I still think is hilarious um but you know so so we'll see but this is the best Pelicans team we have seen from top to bottom I mean since Chris Paul was here I mean seriously that's I'm, right I'm and being, the depth on this team is incredible like obviously they don't have an Anthony Davis uh but I think from top to bottom, this is the best. This might be their best team, just honestly speaking. And, you know, I don't know if they're going to get to how far they're going to get, but it's nice to see a team that looks like it's trending in the right direction after spending so many years just chasing your tail, trying to figure out, you know, the like the DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis team right. was pretty good, and we'll never know what how good it been, could have right. been if DeMarcus never got hurt. Um, that, that really is a bummer. Like I genuinely think that would, that was a really intriguing, uh, you know, kind of modern build of two bigs that can make threes and, you know, can kind of interchange and no one has to play center the entire game. Uh, but we'll find out. But and anyway, I'm a, I, as you know, I'm a big Jordan Hawkins fan. So you can, yeah, I, I grew up 15 minutes from stores. So I've watched pretty much every UConn game that he played and I, the second they drafted him, I was like, "Yep, that's it. That's the shooter they so need." You've gotten your hawk jersey yet, or no? I don't have a. I'm not a jersey guy, uh, but you know, I I'll, I'll support him with my with my words. <laughs> yeah, so my, for Christmas, my kiddo got a Zion Williamson City Edition hoodie. You know, it's got the yeah, Zion yeah, on the yeah. back. That I do want one like that, but I want I want a Hawkins uh, hoodie uh, to support him. I'm just too cheap. Like that's <laughs> like I, I kind of I was like I want one, but then I look at him, it's like, oh my gosh. I can't justify spending that much for something I'm going to wear. 
You know, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a poor at heart. Um, so you got more more important things to spend money on, like food and beverage. Yeah, I don't. I can all get like like I'll order breakfast delivery. You know, like that's <laughs> I, I spend Splurging. my I spend my money on just stupid stuff. Uh, and then when I see stuff that it's like I want, I'm just like oh, I already spent all my miscellaneous income on you know uh, you know breakfast uh, this morning because that costs way too much. Anyway, uh, speaking about the Pels on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line, we got Adrian who wants to talk about something the squad needs on the roster. He feels like, what you got, Adrian? What's up, man? All right, this, this is the thing: the Pelicans struggle with double-digit leads in the second uh, half, or mm-hmm. even in the fourth quarter, they can have double digits. What the Pelicans need because they don't have a dominant one. Zion, he, he can't shoot the jumper. Ingram is too inconsistent. So at the end of games. You don't have the guy like the Joker, MB, uh, some of those guys, Luca, some of those guys, Kevin Durant, that can hit clutch shots and you go to him and say, look, y'all clear out the way. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to do it. Or I'm going to make sure one of y'all can get a shot. So my thing is this. They need a pure point guard that can push Temple in close, not just close games, just blowout games, to keep them where they get easier shots. And then the other thing is, too, a point guard that can a- a- actually shoot the three, it can score. This team definitely need a point guard to get easier shots. Somebody that can make their team better. On this team, we have no period number one. They're deep. I think they're one of the best deep, team, deep teams in the league. But they just don't have a period number one. So you need a point guard, somebody like a young Chris Paul to do it. Because we have no dominant player. No, I think that's a good point. And I'm glad you mentioned Chris Paul because I think that's when you talk about a point guard who's kind of a point guard first point guard. Right, who plays point guard, not just a not just a guard who can handle the ball. Like a L- Lamelo Ball is an example of like he's a point guard, but he's not a pass first point guard. No. He's not a connector type point guard. Uh, and but at the same time, it's tough because you are so ball dominant with a Zion, with a with a Brandon Ingram, where you know they get to their spots right, and you need a guy who can get them the ball. But I don't know if you need a kind of a drive and dish point guard. But I do think you know one of the reasons you're able to get to these leads. In the first place, is you defend, right? That's, Absolutely. That's what this team has done this year better than I've ever seen them do. Is just they they defend one through five, you know, and whether Jonas is on the floor or not, you know, they the my, the issue is rebounding at, at points uh, because they don't necessarily defend with size; they defend with athleticism and length. But I do think it's interesting, and I guess I just wonder, okay, wh- what is that point guard like? A De'Aaron Fox maybe would would make sense. You're not prying De'Aaron Fox away from. From the Kings, obviously, but you know, I think that's kind of who you're talking about—a guy who can get into the lane and and force the defense to collapse, and then get guys open shots. It helps when you have guys who can make shots. But I think it's interesting. I do think like that is probably something that they're missing. They traded Kyra Lewis, right? I think that draft pick was kind of that idea—that connector type point guard—and he just never really panned out. So you know, I think that maybe the next, the you know, that that, that one missing piece. Maybe the point guard. Yeah, it'll be interesting point. to see if they do anything, obviously, at the trade deadline. Uh, but you also worry about messing with the team chemistry while things are going so well right now. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see this team get super aggressive at the deadline. But, you know, I, I think they, they're one year away from, you know, they obviously, the Cairo Lewis trade was about staying under the luxury tax. Yeah. Because they don't want to pay the repeater tax next year. They'll go into the tax, but they'll go into the tax when they feel like they're they're right there. They're ready. And maybe that's next year. I just don't think, I don't think you're going to make a trade this year at the expense of, of you know losing that flexibility but hey maybe i'm wrong 
Stepping away, going to take a break. When we get back, one of our favorites on this station, Saints Super Bowl champion, does pregame and postgame hosting for CST on your view. Linebacker Scott Shanley joins us right after this here on WWL. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back here on Sports Talk. Always appreciate the time from a Super Bowl champ, Scott Shanley, who's joining us now. He's also Saints uh, pregame and postgame analyst for CST on your view. Man, lots going on, Scott. How you been? Yeah, there is. Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, your initial reaction, obviously, to the Pete Carmichael news out as offensive coordinator, Saints moving in a different direction, someone obviously you know very well being on that Super Bowl squad uh, and with the team for so long. Uh, was it time, though? It, it just felt like it, I think, with everybody that there needed to be a change there. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's, just, it's the nature of the business. Um, you know, Pete is one of the greatest people I've ever been around and one of the most loyal people. He's been there since 2006, and I know he turned down a ton of jobs um, and, and a lot of job interviews because New Orleans is where he wanted to be. So um, from that aspect, it, it's sad just knowing that, that he chose to stick around as long as he did. But like I said, it's it's the nature of the business. Everything you, – you saw it when Coach Payton was there. I mean, right. Coach Payton every few years turned over the staff. That's just how it was. And he, he, he made – uh, some of his best friends really mad at him for a couple of years. I mean, he moved on from Joe Bitt, who was my linebackers coach. Those guys went all the way back to the eighties when they worked w- with the Philadelphia Eagles as, as, as assistant coaches. So um, it's just part of the business and you have to do it to keep things from getting stale. I truly believe that sometimes the same message over and over doesn't quite resonate the same as when you have something new and exciting. You know, and I guess Scott, you know, what, are, as you, as you look at this, you know, what, what is your kind of early, leaning in terms of how you do replace that guy do you think they go with uh, an established name do you think you go with an up-and-coming name how much change do you think there's going to be you know what is your early read on that situation yeah I think first thing I, I think of is is when you invest the type of money you invest in the quarterback you're probably looking at an offense that's going to fit him or an offense that he's had success in the past he's always kind of been a west coast offensive guy and uh you know even at the end of this year once he became a little healthier, and he became familiar with the offense. The timing was there. So I think he, he fits really well into a West Coast offense. But So that would be my first choice, sticking with, with a West Coast principled offense. But at the same time, I think the West Coast principles are in a lot of offenses. When you look at the, the Shanahan tree of guys and, and the McVeigh tree of guys, there's a ton of West Coast principles in that. And, and I would not be opposed to grabbing somebody from that coaching tree because when you look at that offense throughout the league, I mean, look in Houston, Bobby Slowick, was part of that was part of that Shanahan tree. You look at McDaniel in Miami. There is a, a lot to say about that that particular style of the West Coast offense and, and how much success it's had in the NFL. Scott, we got the word that the Patriots are going to be interviewing Saints linebackers coach Michael Hodges for their defensive coordinator gig under Gerard Mayo. Uh, just your thoughts on what Hodges has brought to this group? Uh, definitely uh, a lot of high praise in this room, at least. Yeah, absolutely. When you look at just the consistency of that position group. And I think a lot of times people will say, well, yeah, yeah, DeMario Davis, but, but DeMario Davis played some of his best football when he got to New Orleans. And DeMario, the last few years, 
even even aging and where he is in his career, he, he doesn't miss a beat. And I think a lot of times people people don't give the position coaches enough credit. The guys who on a day-to-day basis are handing out uh, these tips and these sheets and bringing into the to the to the meeting room and putting down in front of guys saying, hey, this is what I found last night. Their right tackle is tipping off plays or their tight end is tipping off plays or when they get in this formation, here's what they're doing. So the position coach can really help a, a person have success. I know I, I took my game to a whole new level, different level when I got to New Orleans and I had Joe Vitt as my linebacker's coach. He, he, he was able to reach me in a way that I hadn't had. And so I think it just speaks volumes when you look at him and Pete Warner's played some really good football in Spurs. And, and if Pete could stay healthy, I think Pete can still really be a really, really good four down linebacker in this league. And he can cover guys in the flat and, and the game has become a two linebacker system yeah. anymore. But um, even you go to Zach Bond, Zach Bond is an, is not an off the ball linebacker, but when he got up on the line of scrimmage and was playing in some of those pressure packages, he did really good too. So I think he's done a great job in that room. Yeah, Sky, I saw you tweeting about this, and it is interesting. You know, it's is this the era of the linebacker head coach? You know, because you said Nico <laughs> Ryan's, Antonio Pierce got the job, Gerard Mayo, obviously in New England, and it, it is interesting because you look at it, it's like, oh, usually you see former quarterbacks. You know, there's certain positions that tend to gravitate toward coaching. Um, and, uh, but, you know, you've seen these kind of linebackers, uh, take center stage. And I don't know. Is it an energy thing? I, I've always been a big fan of Antonio Pierce since he was on the giants, big part of that uh, Super Bowl run when he was there. I'm just curious, you know, why, why, what is it about linebackers that you think, uh, kind of gravitates towards that role lately? Yeah, I, I love it. Obviously playing linebacker. I just think at that position, it, it's a unique position because you have to be, you have to have a, just playing the game. You have to be extremely versatile. You have to be able to take on 320 pound linemen. You have to be able to cover receivers in the slot, cover running backs. So you're constantly doing things that are out of your element based on your size or your speed. Um, but more than that, it's about communication. At linebacker position, you're, you're constantly talking to everybody around you. You're in the middle of the defense. You're relaying coverage calls with the DBs. You're talking to the defensive linemen, getting them in the right gap. And so I think as a linebacker, just the communication part of the game comes natural. And, and I really like it because – you've seen for years where it's a young man's offensive game or quarterback coaches are getting jobs. And D'Amico Ryan's, I think, opened a lot of people's eyes. And then Antonio did a great job in his interim role and now Mayo in New England. And, heck, I'll even go – I know he's not a linebacker, but Dan Campbell in Detroit. So I love seeing all these guys who used to be players. I just think the way the, the current player is now, they really trust and relate to guys who, who went through the battle. Dan Campbell might not have played linebacker, but he's a linebacker at heart, I think. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. I played with Dan in Dallas, and tell you what, Dan Campbell at the time, if you would have told me, watching, we used to call him Triple H, the WWE wrestler, because he would walk around with that bottle of water, and he would do hand cleans in the weight room. He would spit water. I, he was always had a, had a dramatic flair about him, and I never thought he'd be a head coach, but he, he is a heck of a head coach, and he's got that program rolling. That's a good transition into the games coming up this weekend, Scott. Wondering how you're feeling about the matchups and if you who are your favorites to advance to the uh, AFC and NFC championships. Yeah, I think these games. Last week's games were kind of disappointing. Right. The, the Lions Rams game was was by far the best game, and um, but I really believe that's just you're seeing the the, the attrition of of a season and the, the top teams and getting that first round by. You can't you can't beat it. Dallas obviously did not do well in playing in a home game, but heck, the Packers and Jordan Love they're playing their best football at the right time, and that's what it's about. So, I think I think the home field advantage this week is going to be huge. I just believe that when you get to this stage in the season, the traveling takes a toll on you. I, 
Um, I just think they're going to be really good games. But I got to go with Baltimore and San Francisco for sure as the one seeds and all that rest. I think it's going to pay dividends for them. Um, but, you know, Detroit against Tampa. Detroit, Tampa played good last week, but traveling on the road into that hostile environment, I think Detroit's going to get that game. So Detroit and, and, and the 49ers in the NFC Championship game would be a great matchup. And then the Bills Chiefs. The Bills Chiefs the best game of the week, and I, I yeah, believe that game is a toss up. Start that know? one for sure. Yeah, that's a toss up game. Mahomes on the road. I'm excited about seeing Mahomes on the road in that environment more than anything else. But man, I think that's going to be a, a four quarter game. It's still insane to me that he this is his first ever road playoff game, you know, or at least you know <laughs> on the road because obviously he played neutral site Super Bowls. <laughs> But, I mean, that's insane. Of all the playoff games the Chiefs have played, this is the first time he's had to play in a hostile environment. It really is. It, it speaks volumes about the success they've had in Kansas City, that they've had that, that road go through Arrowhead as much as they, they had. And I'm sure Patrick is excited about this opportunity. Everybody wants to play at home, yes. But I'm sure he's listened to so many people talk about, mm-hmm. well, he's never done it on the road. And so as a great player, you put that chip on your shoulder and you want to go show everybody. So he's probably geeked up and geared up to go throw for 300 yards in a snowstorm and it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting to see him in that environment because when you think about Brady and Manning and all those guys, you always think of them winning those big playoff games on the road against all odds. And it's a great opportunity for Patrick. You know, just stand on the theme of quarterbacks and there, you know, the Packers are on the schedule again next year. So I think it's interesting because I think the, the Jordan love we saw in week three, while he showed some flashes, he made some plays, obviously they won that game. Uh, but I don't think this Jordan love we're seeing now, uh, looks anything like <laughs> the Jordan Love at the beginning of the season. I think he was learning. He was he was taking his lumps. But I, I do think it's interesting. Like you need time as a quarterback, and the Packers are as good as anyone at making sure you have plenty of time to develop before they throw you into the fire. But I'm curious what you know. What have you seen from him over the course of the season? Because it seems like you know a guy who mid season there was a definitely a lot of doubters in terms of maybe long term in that role, and now this is a guy who you know he just decimated or destroyed the the Cowboys defense and uh, you know I think you're going to see a measuring stick game but what have you seen from Jordan from that week three game to now well yeah I think he's he's been remarkable and the the biggest thing is the game has slowed down to him Mm -hmm. immensely and and every player you know I I certainly remember it's probably year two or three for me and you kind of remember when it starts to click when the game actually finally slows down because it's so hectic it's so fast and he just the game against the Dallas, he just looked like he was he had Dallas's defense in slow motion and he knew exactly where all the open windows were gonna be. He knew he made all the right reads. But honestly, getting Aaron Jones back really has made that offense go. Aaron Jones is an outstanding running back. He can do it all running the ball, catching the ball in the backfield. I think having that threat and that running game has really helped take some pressure off of him for making all the plays as well. And he's doing it with the, with probably the youngest wide receiver core in the NFL. So it, I give Jordan Love a ton of credit because he, he has come a long way, way since, like you said, in the middle of the season where there were a lot of doubters. But everybody else around him has really elevated their, their play, and they believe in him. And to me, once you believe that you have the guy at quarterback, everybody's game just goes to another level. Scott, back to a Saints question for me. Just curious, you know, looking ahead, uh, going into next season, obviously got to get the coaching, offensive coordinators, uh, and assistants all squared out. But for you, what is the biggest area of need for this team going into next year? I know a lot of talk has been about the offensive line. Are you feeling that way as well? Yeah, I am. You know, you're asking that question, and I thought, do I want to give this boring answer? Because fans hate when you say offensive line. Fans are like, please don't draft an offensive line or a defense line. But that's where championships are won. And if, and 
you think about three years ago, what, three or four years ago when this Saints team was really rolling, and, and I think the Saints arguably had the best offensive line in the league. You had a healthy young Ramchak and Armstead and all those guys, and you just controlled games. Every week you rolled into – it didn't matter if it was home or away, and you knew you could run the ball and you could play great defense. That's how you win 11 games, 12 games in a season. So if, if an outstanding lineman is there early in the draft, I think it's hard to pass up because you, you need that. You need to kind of replenish along that offensive line. But at the same time – um, I believe this team is still in a position where you can draft the best position available. You don't have to reach. You don't have to reach and fill a position because you just don't have anybody there. Um, it's going to be interesting. I, I think the Saints need to get back to being a little more aggressive. You think back when Sean was there and there were tons of trades in the draft or there were trades in the offseason to kind of bolster positions. I think doing that and letting everybody everybody know, like Mickey said the other day, I gotta let everybody know they're not com- that you're not comfortable. Don't right. get comfortable. I think the way you do that is you you make trades, you bring guys in, you make some some blockbuster trades, and you shake things up. And how do you think that usually gets everybody's attention? Yeah, and this isn't even a question, but I do think it's an interesting point. Like everyone wants to talk about that 2017 draft. It's like, wow, this is a great draft. You got Alvin Kamara, you got Marshawn Lattimore. Well, another guy you got was Ryan Ramchick, and he was the final pick of the first round. You got that pick. I think it was the Jimmy Grant. No, it was the Brandon Cooks trade. It was the Brandon Cooks trade. And you know what? When people look at this team, and it's like, well, why isn't this team? Why isn't this offense as consistent as what you saw in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020? Well, one of the biggest themes of those four years was that both of your tackles. There was never a question. Those were stud offensive tackles, week in, week out. You had Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchek. This now you have. You know, Ryan Ramchek with a knee that is not doing him any favors on the left side. You're talking about who knows? Is it James Hurst? Is it Andre Speed? Is it Trevor Penning? To me, that's the biggest difference. And and that's, I think, a big part in what's prevented them from finding consistency on the offensive side of the ball. I'm curious what you think. What do you think about that? Yeah, it, no, there's no question. Absolutely, I agree. I think. I think one of the things that hampers you more than anything in a draft is when you invest your your top draft picks in big guys that don't work out. Mm. Um, you know, Marcus Davenport, g- really good player, explosive, had the size, had all the measurables, couldn't stay healthy. But when Marcus was healthy and he played more than two or three games in a row, he made plays. And, you know, Peyton Turner's had the injury bug on him. And Penning, they're trying to figure out what position he can play. Anytime you miss on draft picks on big guys up high, it's hard to find – 320, 330-pound guys roaming the earth with nimble feet who can do the things these guys can do. And that's why it goes back to Bill Parcells always used to say it. He's always going to take big, talented guys early because it's harder to find those type of people. So I've, I've always just been a believer. If you miss early um, in the draft on big big guys, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, it's, it's hard to cover up for those mistakes. Now that we're winding down in the football season, Scott, what do you do in the off time? <laughs> Yeah, this off season is usually um, winding down a little bit. I'm helping coach some football, do some high school football, and then training some guys for the draft um, in Dallas. So it's it's. I used to be a lot, lot more <laughs> never downtime for you, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's football year round, just in different elements. Whether it's talking about the Saints and watching the Saints, or or helping train guys and give back and and teach some of the game back to younger guys. Definitely, always appreciate the time. Great knowledge from you. Uh, have a good one and enjoy the games this weekend. Absolutely. Take care. Thanks, Scott.
Saints Super Bowl champ, pregame and postgame analyst for CST on your view, Scott Shanley. Always great info for him. We're going to be right back here on WWL. Give us a call on the Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line. Say what's up, 504-260-1870. We'll be right back here on WWL. Back here on Sports Talk, gearing up for a Pelicans-Suns matchup, tipping off 7 o'clock in the Smoothie King Center this evening. That, Steve. I'm going to fall asleep here. No. Give me energy. Give it to me. Come on. Let's go. Pelicans yeah. versus Suns, Smoothie King Center in in the blender, 7 p.m. I guess that's like a WWE style. Kind of monster jam. Yeah, monster truck. That's, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's a more of like a grave digger type intro. Friday, Friday, Friday. <laughs> there we are. Yeah, yeah. You paid for the whole scene. All right, I'm awake now. <laughs> All right, great. We're going to go to our Okanard Jewelers talking text line. And Jimmy wants to talk about the Pels and Sons. What you got for us tonight, man? Hey, Steve, you woke me up, man. More than uh, <laughs> the power the power of 10 Red Bulls right there. Yes, indeed. Coming through my speakers. Hey, look, first off, let me say this. If Bobby Bears listen, I'm going to see you tomorrow, Bobby, at the UNO Lakefront Arena, 4 o'clock. UNO basketball is hosting Northwestern State. It's uh, his alma mater versus mine, and I got two alma maters. I know you're, I know what you're thinking, Charlie. <laughs> All right. And, uh, is Nick Mullins going to be there? This. Look. Nick Mullins, my show. You know, I'd, I'd enjoy that. I'd really enjoy that. You had to go there. I appreciate it. And look, let me say this: tonight's a big night. Kevin Durant, future Hall of Famer, is coming to the house. And uh, look, I, Steve, I know your son's going. I'm gonna. I'll make a deal with you right now. I'll trade you two Endymion Mardi Gras ball tickets for one of those Pelicans hats they're giving away. If, you, if you're able, if you're able to work it out with your son and get it, wrestle it away from him this weekend. Uh, I, I'll, I'll give you two tickets. I'm not going to be able to go to the game, but man, they're giving away a great giveaway. Like you said, they're giving away that cool looking Pelicans hat tonight to everybody who's going to the game. Tickets are not cheap. I know the game's in about an hour or so, but for anybody who's thinking of looking for something to do tonight, they're like the cheapest tickets about 40 bucks. And, and let me say two things really quick. Number one, I just heard Charlie, you look this up. You're the computer chip. I heard sports illustrated just laid off all of their staff. I don't know if that's a digital move here, the digital age. We're going away from subscriptions and all that. And number two, look, finally, 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 the local television, yes, or Gail Benson or whoever, is covering Pelicans games. Because this is the thing, guys, and you guys know, when we got the Hornets here from Charlotte, uh, you know, you needed a certain cable package to watch them. People weren't going to the games. And look, if, you're not, if you don't have it on your local television, on the bunny ears, because a lot of people are broke. They're in trailers and whatnot. If the local people, especially now with inflation, if the local people can't watch the product, how are people going to embrace the product? I mean, everybody loves the Saints, win, lose, or, or suck. And you got a situation now with the Pelicans where, and this has been going on for years, Steve and Jeff, it's been going on for years that you had to have a certain package, Dally Sports, and yeah. people in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, Biloxi, who wanted to see the Pelicans, couldn't see it. So, yeah, tonight's game's on Fox. I know they got more games coming. They got to keep that rolling because, look, you're not – you see people out in t- around town, even when it's not football season, wearing Saints jerseys. You just don't see that with the Pelicans. Can New Orleans be a basketball city right now? We've got a great team. Tonight's a big game. I think it's going to be a massive crowd. And, look, my offer stands. I'm going to give you two <laughs> Endymion tickets for that hat, Steve. I'm going to try to wrestle away from him. That's ridiculous, Steve does. It's a good deal. Steve does make a habit out of taking his children's (laughs) memorabilia items and selling them on the black market. Um, No, you know, Jimmy, I'm glad you brought that up. And this, the whole, like, it's 10 games with gray television and they're broadcasting over the air on Fox. And, no, I, I agree completely 
one of the things that drives me nuts about the Pelicans and trying to build this fan base, right, trying to build a community around the team, is Bally Sports is unwatchable. Literally, for so many people. I have YouTube TV. Like, I pay for a, what is a cable subscription in, right. in the year of our Lord 2024. <laughs> like, that is paying for cable. You know what I can't pay for? Bally Sports. I literally cannot get it on YouTube TV. I would have to have... You have a, to buy the app separately. Yeah, I would have to have Caveman, you know, cable, right? I'd have to go pay Cox or whatever, or pay like 200 bucks a year to get the separate app on top of that. That does not work well. No, um, it's terrible, and you see the same commercials over and over and over. I do have the terrible. app. It's terrible, and it, and it doesn't really work. And, you right. know, <laughs> this is how it's supposed to be. Your local team is not supposed to be this, this premium item. It's supposed to be something that you can watch when it's on, right? If... If they broadcast all the games like they're broadcasting it tonight and these other nine games, the, the last one was against the Mavericks. Um, or was it the Suns? I, I can't remember. Uh, no, you're right. You it was would, the Mavs. It was the Mavericks. Yeah. You would be able to watch these games with an antenna. You could go to Walmart and buy an $8 antenna. And I know this because I've done it because <laughs> uh, I use it to watch the Saints games occasionally. Um, and just you could watch the games that way. And that opens you up to a whole new audience of people who aren't going to pay $200 a year to watch these games because they can't afford it. You know, and that's it's like you want to build a community around your team. You need the community to be able to watch your team. That's and, been one of the biggest issues with, you know, the cable being yeah. you cut the cord. Now everybody's got these subscription services. And I, I really... I've been told to watch so many shows even, and it's like, well, what what app is it on? And it's like, well, I don't have that one. And I'm like, man, oh, man, I, I can't keep just investing all this money in all these different platforms. Yeah, I, I kind of go in cycles. Like, uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll Netflix and then. Yeah, and, like I'll do like a two two months and just watch everything I want to watch on one and then cancel binge. it. And, like, I can't afford to subscribe to 10 different things. Yeah. Um, but like the local sports team is not supposed to be that. You're not Agreed. supposed to have to pay for a separate subscription to watch the local sports team play. And it's like the idea that this is accessible, right? With Bally, it's not accessible. If your goal is to make this accessible, then that deal is a failure because it is not accessible in any tangible way unless you want to you, you want to spend an exorbitant amount on top of what you probably already spend to watch other things. Like it's it's not that. And so I think this is a step in the right direction. And I I do like please watch the games, right? Like you have an opportunity to go watch these games, turn them on. You know, I, like one of the things that drives me nuts about this city is the Pelicans will be playing. I'll go into a bar or a restaurant and I have to re- ask them to turn the game on. Yeah, right? That's ridiculous. Right. It, that's not normal. That's not how it's supposed to be. Like, there's supposed to be, like, th- that's supposed to be an appointment. You're supposed to know when the games are and go watch them. And uh, I think that, you know, there's no excuse. No, this season, though, I will say the Pelicans have definitely become more must see TV, obviously. And the, yeah, the health you, of the team has been hel- helpful. It helps when you're worth watching. Exactly, right? right. Yeah. We'll be back with more Sports Talk right after this. Stay tuned on WWL. Back here on Sports Talk, folks. Remember, WWL is your home for NFL football this weekend. Catch the divisional round playoffs tomorrow at 3. It's Texans at Ravens, followed by Packers at 49ers. And Sunday, 1 30. Games 3 and 4 start. Uh, it's Bucks and Lions, the first matchup. Then Chiefs and Bills. That's all on WWL. And, of course, the free Odyssey app. Seeing some news out on the X sphere. I don't want to call it the Twitter sphere anymore. Call it, call it the Twitter sphere. Still the Twitter sphere? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Falcons scheduled to have a second interview with bum, 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 Michigan head coach John Harbaugh. Jim, Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Sorry. Jim Harbaugh. John Harbaugh still with him. Yeah, he's still. Um, yeah, that's the one I'm worried about. Right? Like, it, like, like I went on a rant about how I don't really care if right, they hire Bill, Bill B. If they hire Jim Harbaugh, then, then I haba. Harbaugh. I will be like, yeah, that's you know, that's that's tough. I, I, I could see him revitalizing that team and running the NFC South for, for several <laughs> years. 
So we'll see. Like that's again, that's the one that concerns me, not Bill Belichick. But you know, I, I think I think Jim's going to have a few suitors. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, the situation there is going to be definitely one to monitor, obviously, with the Dirty Birds, seeing what they're up to. But also, still haven't heard much about the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I know they've had a few interviews, obviously, but who the heck is going to want to take that job with that owner, Dave Tepper? Yeah, you know, people uh, people want to talk about owners and situations. And, you know, Mickey came out and during his press conference and said like, he feels like the Saints and the Pelicans are the best owner in sports because – you know, she allows the people she's empowered to do their jobs to, to do their do jobs, their job, right? Not interfere, but does give them everything they need to be successful, right? And and there's a lot of different ways you can own a team and go about that. Um, and I think there are a lot of ways that you can that you can negatively impact that process. And I think David Tepper has found just so many unique ways to do that in terms of negatively impacting that team and that product to the point that like there's a conspiracy theory that maybe he's trying to tank the team like in major league so he can move him out of Charlotte to, to somewhere else. And it's like, I'm starting to believe it because how can one person be that naive about hmm, that's what, interesting. how they're supposed to be in that role and you throwing drinks on fans and <laughs> yeah. stuff, right? You know? And uh, yeah, like who, and that's the thing, like you're trying to interview head coach, but look on coach our team. This is a dream scenario. Is it? Right, you, Why do I want to be there? Let's see, you've gotten rid of a star running back, you've got a star <laughs> wide receiver, and you have no first-round draft pick this the year. The coach you hired last year got through 10 games. <laughs> Why would I trust you? Anyway. Uh, it's a whole mess situation there. Hopefully it keeps being a cluster bomb in Carolina. Uh, the kitty cats keep struggling, only better <laughs> for the Saints. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, though, like I said, that situation we'll be monitoring to see uh, what they're going to do there. But it definitely seems like the ATL is going big game hunting when it comes to a head coach. When we get back from the break, going to begin to more Pelicans talk. We'll hear some audio. Also talking to Ali Cosell, editor-in-chief of TheBirdRights.com, as we get ready for Pell's Suns right here on WWL. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 